Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon on this, my very, very first interview for 2020. Uh, I'll be, of course, uh, later in the month playing some interviews that were recorded in December 2019, but this one was recorded on January 2nd, 2020, and so I figured, hey, you know what? It's a new year. Let's start with a new interview. Anyway, we've got uh, Zach Stevens, known for his time in uh, Sabotage, a TSO, and of course, the new band, Archon Angel. And what you're going to get here first is the news that Archon Angel is going on tour in Europe in April of 2020. And uh, you'll get uh, shows in uh, Greece and France and Germany and all kinds of other places. So uh, watch out for the uh, official, official announcement. But I was given permission to uh, to tease that. So there you have it. Archon Angel with uh, Zach Stevens coming to Europe in the first quarter of 2020. As for Zach, he has this new band, Archon Angel, which, according to the press release, has some sabotage sounds to it. But that, of course, is all in the ear of the beholder, right? I would say the eye of the beholder, but we don't listen to music with our eyes. But, you know, uh, though maybe maybe if you're a pop fan, uh, your eyes are, are what attracts you to, the, to that. Anyway, uh, we talk about Sabotage, we talk about Circle to Circle, we talk about Archon Angel, how did the project come together, where is the project going in the future, and we discuss, of course, as we do often on this show, branding. Why not, if it's going to look and sound, you know, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, you know, it's a duck. So if you're going to say the album looks like Sabotage, sounds like Sabotage, why not call it Sabotage? And of course, Zach explains very clearly uh, the dichotomy and why one is Archon Angel and so on and so forth. And And of course, you know, in my own estimation, a lot of it comes down to the voice, uh, I think when you're Steven Tyler or Robin Zander or Paul Stanley or whoever or Axl Rose, as soon as you sing, it becomes that band. You know, Axl Rose sings, it becomes Guns N' Roses. Paul Stanley sings, it is Kiss. You know, Steven Tyler sings, it is Aerosmith. And so when Zach sings, people are going to say, oh, it sounds like Sabotage. Well, you know, it's just because it's his voice. And the voice to me, to me, is the most identifiable thing about a band. You know, that's why it's hard to replace a singer. Uh, You know, let's go down. I'm just going to say this as a joke, but let's insult a few people. But, you know, drummers, dime a dozen. You can replace those, won't really matter. Bass players are next on the list. You can replace those, it won't really matter. Guitarists, it depends. You know, it's hard sometimes to replace a lead guitarist. You can't sort of walk in and replace Eddie Van Halen or Ace Frehley, if you th- if you ask me. Um, <laughs> right there, let's discuss that. Uh, but uh, vocalists are the toughest ones to replace. They are the uh, crowning jewel of every band. All right, <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't don't get all up in. Uh, t- let's not start a revolt. Let's not start a lynch mob here. This this is just uh, well. I don't know if I want to call it comedy, but I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, kidding aside, uh, let us get over to uh, Zach Stevens. Nice chat, incredible chat. And the funny part is, it said, we're going to do 20 minutes times two. <laughs> we're supposed to be 20 minutes. We ended up with 40. A lot of great content, a lot of great quotes. So uh, do listen for that. And uh, here, here's some news. 
coming soon, within a week or two from the airing of this episode, there will be a MitchLafon.com. Huh? Let's start 2020 with a bang. MitchLafon.com. But first off, here is the one, the only singer, Zach Stevens. We are speaking with a vocalist, Zach Stevens. He is, of course, best known for his work with a Sabotage and a Circle to Circle. But, but he's got a new project out called Archon Angel or... How do you say that in the South, by the way, Zach? How do you say that? I think we just kind of speed it up and say Archangel. Archangel. But as we say in... Uh, <laughs> As we say in Montreal, uh, bonjour, bienvenue, welcome. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Mitch. Uh, yeah, we're doing good, man. I just got off the TSO tour so a couple of days ago, which means I'm still in a pretty good fog, feeling my way around, uh, with or without uh, the help of walkers and canes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're in a little bit of a fog coming off that run. The schedule is ridiculous, but I'm I'm coming out of the woods now, see. I'm coming back to life. Well, okay, so uh, we'll get to, to the Angel, but the AA, but let's talk with, just real quick about TSO, because that schedule is okay. punishing. You do, in hmm. some instances, two shows a day. Uh, talk to me about that in terms of, of not just two performances, but the physicality, especially as a singer. And yes, of course, there's other singers and you share the stuff, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a point where it becomes sort of a military routine where you're up at this time and you eat this and you mm-hmm. don't eat that and you're having whatever tea with warm honey or whatever. Talk yeah. to me about the physicality of that run and, and how it sort of beats you up. It's got to beat you up. Yeah. The schedule is what everybody talks about uh, within the band. As a matter of fact, eighty I think it's something like 85% of the shows are two shows a day. We have very few of the single show days and that's only happening on Wednesday and Thursday of the week, we take Mondays and Tuesdays. That's the days off. We're not playing on the uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, but so Wednesday and Thursday in the beginning of the tour has your single shows and the markets that, you know, need to have one show. Then you get into the bigger markets, always on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We call those the triple doubles. That's the, the three days with the, with the two shows. And as you get towards the end of the show, we'll stack nine shows in five days and have four days of doubles and then on the last five shows of the tour it's all doubles so you get 10 shows in five days that kind of thing so yeah the schedule's ridiculous and playing that matinee show um that's the the thing that gets you but um you know with all the singers like you mentioned it's not like getting up there and you're just one singer you know like a regular rock show you're getting warmed up you get warmed up you kind of stay there this is one of those things where you come in at certain times, your first song might be 30 minutes in, 45 minutes in. This year I did Old City Bar. The song itself is like seven minutes long. It has about nine verses. Luckily, I didn't miss, I was 100%, didn't miss any words for an entire 60 shows. So I was pretty happy about that. And I'm telling a story, and it turned out to be pretty cool. Never imagined myself singing Old City Bar, but within the within TSO, it's kind of like, that's kind of like the, I don't know if it's the, the crown and jewel. The grail. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the crown and jewel. I was going to say the holy grail. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> um, but it's known as one of the hardest songs because you're just, it's so strange. You're in front of this two shows, 15,000 people per show, and it's just you and me and Joel, you know, uh, me and Mr. Hoax were there on the 
acoustic guitar, and you're going, it's just two people. It's the most naked thing in the world. Um, and it's just, I don't know. To me, it's, it, it always was kind of strange. I, in the middle of the song, I would think, besides, hmm, what am I going to have for after show food? No. Um, I would go, gosh, it's just this acoustic song telling the story at the heart of the story. And it's a full arena crowd. It's the strangest thing. I don't think you'll see that anywhere else unless you just have an acoustic song here or there, you know, in a regular rock concert. But it's just, I don't know. That always struck me as like I'd be in the middle of the song going, this is crazy beyond all imagine. But, but it was so cool. And so you come in, then you, you know, go, and then other soloists come, and you'll come and sing some background vocals and that kind of thing. And then you come in later, and then I'll come do a Sabotage song. Uh, this year, Handful of Rain. Last year, it was like Chance. And so you don't get a chance to stay warmed up. So here's that regimen that you were mentioning, staying, you know, warmed up doing something, stretching something, whatever everybody uses. Everybody kind of has their own thing. I don't eat a lot. As a matter of fact, this year, before each of the matinee shows, before all of the morning shows, or, well, the first show, I didn't eat anything. It was only coffee because I prefer to sing, you know, on an empty stomach because it's just a little bit easier for me. So singing empty is kind of the way I go. Other people can't do that. They go, oh, I couldn't imagine doing that. My blood sugar is going to crash and all this. But I kind of prefer it. So I went the whole run, every matinee show, didn't eat before it. Then I eat small, very small between the first and second show, enough to take vitamins and all that. And everybody's trying to avoid a cold or the flu like crazy. We meet tons of people. We got signing lines every night. We're seeing a thousand people, maybe somewhere less, sometimes more. And you're shaking hands and it's like, wow, but they love that, the fans. And, but, you know, from a singer perspective, you're going, wow, the exposure level is high. So you're just washing your hands all the time. You're just kind of hoping for the best. Plus the schedule, by the time you get in the bus, get a few hours of sleep, we get to the hotel, maybe at five in the morning, you'll maybe get another four hours. You go in, I have a steamer. So I'll just kind of steam, put my face in the steamer, <laughs> which is good for the vocals, but. It's like a breathing treatment. So I have to do that before I go to bed. So there's things to do. And then you wind up, you know, it's just limited everything. Limited sleep here, limited sleep in the hotel, limited sleep in the bus, getting out there. And really, it's all about adrenaline. You know, you see the crowd, the people who love TSO. That's what really keeps you going out there after a while. You kind of just, I have a definite routine, you know, like, you know, you, you hit it on the head. Uh, you have to almost have like a militarized routine and you just get into it and you go. It, it's the wildest thing I've ever seen, the TSO tours. I've, it, <laughs> I've done five years and I'm like, hmm, I've had a routine the whole time, but now I'm starting to kind of, you know, hone it in. But hey, you never know. We always get a few singers to catch something. It's inevitable and we try to keep it from, go to, from going through the whole, you know, singer group. Um. I think it only struck a few people this time, but, uh, and, and it wasn't so bad. It was like a virus that didn't really attack. So you got so many little things, something could be small and attack the vocal cords and you're like, up. Oh, you have to take shows off. Luckily I've never missed a show in five years, but I've had things where I didn't feel so good and it's crazy, but you know, it's a different animal. 
Um, it for, is for sure. And, and luckily, it's a limited run. You're not doing 200 yeah. shows. You know, you're not doing uh, January to to November. And and the only other redeeming grace is, well, in fact, I was going to say the 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 travel. Uh, of two shows you don't really get that time to sort of recuperate on the bus it's you're always anyway it's 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 spectacular Mm -hmm. if you do it and and i think the most important thing is sharing a stage with joel hoekstra now that's got to be yeah right amazing and uh you know just a you know a great monster of a player and a great guy super funny we depend on joel's humor uh we'll go up to him He's got a lot of good impressions of stuff that you probably that's kind of within the band humor right. <laughs> of people that's and we just he's always got the guys you know and everybody's going up to him and saying hey do this impression you know do this impression of Paul O'Neill you know and you know or or something and he just has everything really really down to the down to the wire yeah. or down now, yeah down he is really great he's, he's very funny people are always going to him saying make me laugh joel because i'm having a tough day i'm tired it's getting to the end of the run everybody's grumpy go to joel he'll put a smile on your face i love that about you <laughs> I, I love joel we've been friends for a few years but and i'll ask you this uh before we move on in 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 jest but uh joel always posts videos of him playing basketball alone and shooting hoops will anybody yeah. ever play with him <laughs> Is that ever going to happen? <laughs> There's a lot of short people such as myself that feel challenged by basketball. Now you give me a football and we're talking a whole different story. I, you know, I'm known as the football guy that throws the football all the time. So, you know, I look at the basketball and go, Hmm, I would, you know, I want to, and I've seen him shooting a couple of times. We have a couple of arenas that we play that have, you know, the basketball courts for the college teams all out there at the ready. There's only probably three or four the entire run that have the ultimate, you know. So I would usually go out in the gym and throw football with somebody, and here's Joel over there on the other end shooting hoops. I would like to. I think he can show us a thing or two. Maybe. And maybe, you know, take some of my basketball anxiety away. It's just funny because I see all those those videos that he posts on Twitter and stuff of him playing alone, and I go, it's okay, Joel. They'll They'll play with you soon. Someday. Someday. <laughs> it's funny i see him and I, I feel bad like i'll be eating like i'll have my strict schedule i'll be like well this is my time to eat and he's over there shooting basketball oh you know it's clashing with my with my uh super schedule yeah, the, the limited but, uh, uh, the militarized <laughs> schedule but, i would love to be over there and he's hitting them like i look over there he's sinking them from 15 feet 25 feet the outside shot you know free throws um you know yeah it's fun to watch. It I, I, did, I, I just didn't really know until a couple of years ago that he, you know, played a lot. He's got the height. You know how tall he is. So I think it's the right game for him. It is. It is. All right. So let me, let's get back to it, to, to talking about Archon Angel. Uh, I'm looking at the okay. press release and it says yeah. Archon Angel sees Zach Steven return to the classic sabotage sound. So, let me ask you two questions there. First of all, let, let's talk about the band and the sound and what it's going to be moving forward. But, you know, Sabotage, as everyone knows, hasn't done anything in many, many years. Mm-hmm. If you're going to form a band that does the Sabotage sound, why not just resurrect Sabotage and say, mm-hmm. hey, let's, right? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's the obvious question. Maybe not, right? 
Um, so, so why not just say, "Hey, guys, let's do sabotage." I know, in you know, back in a couple of years ago, you gave an interview and you said, "Hey, John's been writing, and we don't know, and who?" Well, it's John's been writing, and you're doing sabotage sound, mm-hmm. right? Fair, fair question. That's right. Yeah, fair. Now, um, the thing is, when we started with the Archon Angel stuff, listening to the songs coming in. The first thing that we didn't think, oh, this is like sabotage-esque. You know, this is really reminding me of sabotage. Even I didn't really, you know, think it was overwhelmingly, you know, like sabotage. I think this is something that people are taking, like you said, press release. The press is hearing stuff. So whoever's writing this thing is hearing and going, oh, yeah, this is like, I wonder if that is more like something that the person that wrote the press release is hearing for themselves and going, Oh yeah, we've been wanting sabotage. Well, this sounds like it. This is what that is. When we, as the musicians looked at it, it may be here or there, but not like an overwhelming thing. Like it wasn't me. I would be the first one to sit there and go, wait a minute. I can't, I don't, this is just like sabotage. I'm not going to, you know, dive right into that. Or I, I would say something. So I think it's in the eye of the beholder a little bit. I think there's certainly something there. And plus, you know, when you come from that history and uh, you, I uh, come from singing and sabotage, there's, there's bound to be something that's going to remind somebody of that. You really can't get away from it. So don't try to run. It's going to catch you. <laughs> so that's a little bit there, but in my opinion, not so overwhelmingly when you listen to the entire album, um, it, 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 you know, I think one would probably agree. Okay. Maybe here or there, but not like a, you know, majority of just like sabotage, but, Yes, if you talk to the guys in Sabotage, I tell you right now, they would love to come together. I think we're just kind of waiting on some decisions from above to see, you know, what the next step is, um, you know, with Sabotage. You know, and with me, I'm going to go in with my style, and that's going to lean itself, and that's going to, you know, kind of run into a Sabotage style no matter what. I can't really just, unless I go country, I think then that might be a safe escape from people say, wait, it's sabotage country. It's sabotage. Right. You'd have to go into a completely different genre, you know, to, to really get away from that. If I'm going to stay rock and metal, it's, it's probably going to lean itself towards that in some respect, as you can imagine. So I don't really try to, to, you know, worry about, you know, Oh God, is this running close? Is this close to the curb on, you know, sabotage? I just, we just want to write, you know, the, the best songs we can. And I had a really great time with these songs. They they got me motivated, and in you know it did well. And the the fallen video that's out there right now just overwhelmingly exceeded expectations for views already. And you know it's cool. And I understand fallen does kind of remind me a little bit of maybe an edge of thorns or something like that. I I, I was joking um, at one point, and I said, hey, before we had a title and everything, we're kind of writing the song. I'm like. Send me over the latest version of, of Edge of Thorns 2.0, you know, and that's me joking. But so I get it. There are going to be some comparisons and stuff like that. But, you know, I told everybody, go have fun. Have fun with this. Write the best music you can. And let's put together something that people can just enjoy listening to song by song. But, hey, the Sabotage guys, if there's one thing that we would like would be to put, just go ahead and put Sabotage together and get on with it. You know, so I think we're kind of just waiting on it's it's funny in sabotage. It's almost like with TSO, T 
taking off and spawning from sabotage from almost like an accidental Christmas hit that we had back in 96 on the Dead Winter Dead album, Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224, that started everything. You know that song, You Can't Get Away From It, Christmas. Now, we didn't have a follow-up. Right. We had a record that was all about the former, you know, the breakup of the former Yugoslavia. Great and great songs, but to come with something, we didn't really have a follow-up. And I think, you know, the late Paul O'Neill, he really had the vision to say, gosh, we don't, but guess what? I can start a new band and a whole new thing. And that's, when he did that, we thought he was crazy. Now, 21 years later into TSO tours, and it's the biggest thing since Christmas sliced bread or fruitcake, I should say. Now, boom. Now, all of a sudden, I'm seeing five sabotage songs in the second half of the TSO show. And I'm going, hint? Who knows? They're not telling us everything. So I see some building on that side. Um, even the guys in the West and the East, you know, we got Al, Johnny, Al Petrelli, Johnny Lee Middleton on the, in the West, and myself, Chris Caffrey, and Jeff Plate, the sabotage guys in the East. We're all kind of sitting there saying, hmm. This is very interesting because we all have this kind of interest in this thing called rock theater. To me, the most logical thing to do for rock theater, if it was a TSO production, and since I kind of look at Sabotage as being the subsidiary company of this large conglomerate of TSO now, it's basically the way it's played out. Send Sabotage out to tell a few stories from their old albums that everybody still holds on to. And we have the greatest fans in the world because they just don't let it go. Have you noticed that? You get, Very much so. When you see, so it's a cult thing. I mean, they just won't let it go. So we know we got it. We know that it's a demand uh, that's ling that's lingering, and we know that there's a business demand, especially coming from Europe. So uh, we know it all. Yeah, I mean, sabotage so we could kind of do... get together at times, and we say, "Be ready for the call," because. If, it, if there was any time I kind of felt like I might get it, it's kind of like, you know, lately with the addition of, the, you know, the additional songs into the TSO set, um, you know, so, yeah, we talk about it quite often and it's a perfectly valid question. Why not just put Sabotage back together and do that if you're going to have something that says, up oh, Sabotage sound? Um, I get it. But if we were the ones making the decision, it'd be done. But we're sort of a subsidiary to the major conglomerate. So now we're going to wait and see what the business decisions are and try to get a better clue of what this particular numbers they're looking at. If it's, if it's numbers or what is it, but you know, I think there's a lot more excitement of late than there has been in the past two or three years, even since Vakken, we went in 2015 and then, you know, tragically we lost Paul and that's kind of slowed. I think that's kind of stuck up, a bit of a delay into the you know process because everybody was like, well, what would Paul want to do? And now it's kind of by committee now instead of just one guy who controlled, who had his hands in everything, which was Paul O'Neill, my old boss for, for 26 years. Um, so it's been rough without him, but it's a transition period. And I think there's some excitement around that very thing that you mentioned. What about getting this thing you know, you know, going. So everybody, there's a lot of excitement within the guys of Sabbath, you know, that we're in sabotage. So we're, we're here and we're kind of talking more like, Hey, be ready when the call comes rather than gosh, it just doesn't look so likely. So 
it's looking closer to me, but yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're all always looking for things to do in the off season. To yeah. us, it was a, a logical conclusion to say, Hey, what about sabotage in the off season? What about going over to Europe and, you know, doing some festivals and stuff? It's always there. And I'm sure that we have said, we'll see, you know, let's see what happens. I know I've probably said that about 87,000 times in interviews. So, you know, we don't, uh, to me, the shelf life or the expiration dates coming. So I think a decision will have to be made, you know, definitely definitively one way or another, knowing that, you know, I think everybody's kind of feeling like, Hey, there's a, there's an expiration date out there in the next, in the pretty near future, in the next couple of years that we're going to have to, you know, make a, a decision and, you know, and, and, or either give a definitive answer, you know, one way or the other. So, all right, uh, we are at uh, 20 minutes on two questions. That's pretty good. But so uh-huh. let, let me ask you just uh, one thing about the sabotage, and then I want to focus on uh, Archon Angel because that's why we're okay. actually here. But you said sure. a decision has to come from above, and so I'll, I'll make it sort of a very yes-no-ish kind of answer, but is that something where you need John to, to say, hey, let's do this, or is it more nefarious where there's, legal stuff and lawyers and you can use the name and you can't and like is it just you need john or somebody in or chris to say yeah let's do this or is it a whole sort of team that goes oh no no you you got uh." like who who needs to make the decision up above it is a team above john it is john and we um and we talk a lot i you know i talk to john all the time we're pretty much on the same page so you understand my story i told that's pretty much where john's at now we have a committee above uh john that's the management of tso that really and they do it by committee that has they have to go through all of that and decide and as the as the management of sabotage and TSO, because basically TSO management is sabotage management at this point. So um, it's Night Castle. So it is a committee. So that's what we're kind of looking forward to uh, to seeing what the results are when it goes. But it's not just John. If it was just that, boom, we'd probably already be out there. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's it it's not so much of a legal tie up it's not i don't think it's a name tie up it's not a legal usage of anything it's just a matter of business decisions and whether they think it makes sense with you know profit loss and i think it's pretty much comes down to numbers really gotcha and and of course uh, the european festivals are almost a no brainer if you if you were to yes right i mean you could go do God, uh, Rock and Ring, and, and uh, how many festivals are there? Uh, what's that? Uh, Hellfest? Probably and... fifteen to seventeen. <laughs> I counted that we're eligible for. Right, uh, Hellfest, um, and all, I mean the the uh, the uh, European festival season that runs from like late May to early July. But all right, let's get back to this uh, to the Archon yeah. Angel. So we're hoping for the best. I'm, you know, we're ready. I mean, I can just tell you that. So it's going to be interesting, and I think you're going to see a lot of exciting changes coming. You know with that and maybe even other things within TSO and everything. I just kind of, I don't know. I just have that feeling that 2020 is going to be wild. So we're just going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be fantastic. But okay. So, so Archon mm-hmm. Angel. So, so talk to me about starting up a new project. And of course, since we talk business, we always talk brand. Uh, there's yeah. been uh, circle to circle machines of grace, empires of Eden, stardust reverie. Is this <laughs> just Right. I mean, is this just another project and it'll do one or two albums like the other ones? And well, except for Circle to Circle and sort of just ride into the sunset. Or do you want to build this into and I know everybody hates the word, 
but into a brand where you just go, no, 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 mm. this is Archon Angel 2020, and then we'll be Archon Angel whatever 2022, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm going to be doing for 15 years, and at the end of 15 years, you'll have six albums and a live record and a bunch of... Like, what's sort of the game plan on mm -hmm. this? Is this one and done, merci, bonsoir, you know, thank you, good night, or is this, hey, let, let's, let's make this a viable band? Well, the plan is it's a multiple record deal, so it is more than one. Um, it could go for a while. Um, they started it to be a band, to be a viable uh, entity, and to not just do one album. So we know that already. Um, it's got a concept that we can build on. The Archangel is the central character. It's like Greek Gnosticism. He's the uh, go-between between the people of Earth and the gods, so there's a lot of stories to tell, and you know we have stuff out there that people can catch up on, on that. Um, so we have something to the, to write about that's not too crazy of a concept, but just kind of keeps that one central character in mind. So that's easy. Gives us good lyrical material, good musical stuff. Um, and, you know, I really see it um, going into a brand. I mean, there's no reason it shouldn't. We The label Frontiers brought me and Aldo Lonobile together. Aldo was a producer. Um, we started working together doing the Avalon albums for Timo Tolki. I always seem to sing a couple of songs on those. He switched to Frontiers for this last one. We had a song called Miles Away. Really cool, written by uh, Aldo and Timo. And, you know, I think they saw how well that me and Aldo worked together and very efficiently. And, you know, just from an artist standpoint, you know, we just kind of build on each other. And whatever one does, the other one says, hey, okay, I can match that. And then, you know, together we can artistically do this. Then they came to me and said, hey, do an album without it. You guys work good together. And I'm like, cool. I, I was interested in Frontiers Records years and years ago. Um, couldn't, and I didn't really have anything that they were looking for. Um, but, uh, but for them coming to me, that was a different story. So, um it's been a good collaboration and we use writers. We got writers we beyond the band. We've got, you know, even my wife, Catherine, she writes the lyrics and, and she came up with the entire concept and she's very, very, you know, imaginative. Um, and it's given me the chance to kind of go back to where I was in sabotage. I said, I said, babe, why don't you just be Bernie Taupin and let me be Elton John? Cause that's where I'm the most comfortable. So now I have that situation, just like it was with Sabotage with Paul O'Neill writing the lyrics and me singing the songs. I like writing lyrics, but I'm, you know, I'm okay, but not, I don't consider myself great by any means of writing lyrics. So it's just a good situation. It's comfortable, you know, and I, and the team with the writers um, beyond the band, the writers in the band, um, the team of musicians, the thought. The, you know, the think tanks and everything and a, and a, and a great label. I, I'm comfortable with the team, you know, and to me, that's where it's at for me now. Just build a good team. That's what's going to build this thing into a brand and everybody's having a great time. Um, I see it going places because we have resources that we just didn't have before uh, in my side projects and stuff. I mean, you, you were naming stuff that I was just a guest on, right. you know, when you, when you talk about, um, you know, some of the, I, I've got a, in, in Archon Angel, we have, I have so much more control. It's actually, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a vested, you know, part of that. Um, and it's a, it's a record deal that, 
that that's mine that I share with the band. Um, in some of the ones you were naming before, um, Stardust Reverie and stuff like that, I'm just purely a guest. Um, and it may be one or two, but you'd have to ask the owner, you know, he made a couple of records and had some, you know, guests. And, and I love doing guest appearances too. I, I like that, but it's a different, you know, it's a whole different ball game, you know, from just being a guest and not knowing if they're going to do one album, two albums and not really having any of the control over that to now having pretty much complete control over what happens in Archangel. So that's a different story. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to go all out and brand this thing and see how, how far we can take it. It's, it's interesting when you have your first show, be on the 70,000 tons of metal ship coming up here in about a week. The band has never been together in a room before ever. Um, I work with everybody electronically. Uh, <laughs> like when we did the Arcade Age Hub, I recorded my tracks in Michigan. Everybody else was recording their stuff in Italy. And in France, my bass player is from France. So we have Italians, bass player from France, and me an inter- uh, from America, a completely international band. I've never seen a situation where you have a debut concert um, that's exclusive to 70,000 tons of metal, which is great for them. This would be my third time playing. I haven't played the ship in nine years, um, but it's my third time. And we're going to meet, I'm meeting these guys at the rehearsal room the day before we set sail. And we're, we're basically rehearsing by electronic means. They're in a rehearsal hall sending me the, the recordings and I'm rehearsing to the recordings. Then we get together for a live rehearsal. I haven't even met everybody in the band formally. <laughs> so this is That's a crazy great. day. That's this great. is a crazy day in the time, in the life and times of rock and roll where you got labels putting together bands who we meet practically the day before we set sail and we play a show that next day preparing electronically for the most part and a little bit, um, you know, alive. Uh, um, and then just getting up there and going for it. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. So this is kind of a first for me. It's going to be spectacular. So I and think I, it's going to be great. <laughs> I, you know, I can I just imagine saying, hey. you're going to be looking at some guy and you're going to go, um, I'll, I'll need a coffee. Can you just go get one? And Eve will be like, but I am your bass player. I am here to do the bass, not for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, luckily, hey, the bass player, Eve, he's used to play in a band called Nightmare. Now, I've done two tours with him with Circle Circle in Europe before. So he's an old friend. So it's okay. almost like reuniting with an old buddy. When I heard they were throwing him in there, I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. I mean, so, you know, that it's a great. small world out there. And, you know, I've been working with Aldo for th- two or three years now, just on d- various things he produced and stuff. And, you know, it's cool. I mean, everybody's really chill, laid back. And I told everybody, look, go and have a good time. If you let this rack your nerves, you know, because something like this could rack, could probably get somebody a little bit fidgety uh, with this arrangement. But you have to look at it like it's something that you love and enjoy and go have a good time. When we go out and have a good time, which is what we're going to do, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fantastic. And by the way, you can tell I'm Canadian because every time you said Aldo, I kept thinking, he's working with Aldo Nova. That's so cool. <laughs> But it's not. It's Aldo Lonabile, or Lonabile, I guess. That's right. Um, and his name is more than Aldo. Uh, and I have to actually look and see the full version of it. <laughs> That's a short version. <laughs> but, 
But, but I keep thinking, it's wow, he's working with Aldo Nova. That, that is fantastic. But all right, let me. That uh, would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be I would fantastic. Love that. Oh, Aldo's a great talent. I love talent. Aldo Nova. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. Life is just a fantasy. Um, we are at half That's an hour, right. so I'm going to ask you this because at the very beginning, we spoke about how. Uh, it says Archon Angel sees Zach Stevens return to the classic Sabotage sound. And I think, of mm-hmm. course, part of that is the vocalist, right? When you think Aerosmith, you think Steven Tyler. If anybody else yeah. sings Walk This Way, you know, you know, so the vocalist and the, the sound of the vocals is very much tied into the identity of a band. And it really doesn't matter what band. It can be from Imagine Dragons to Rolling Stones to Kiss. You, mm-hmm. you think of. Um, talk to me about, just real quick coming in to the recording sessions for Edge of Thorns, because here they have six albums out. They go, mm-hmm. okay, this is the vocals. This is the sound. And now you've mm-hmm. got to come in and change that sound and be your sound. Uh, talk mm-hmm. to me about, about that moment, because it's not like, okay, well, they did one album and then they changed it for the second album. Six albums in and you're coming in to change the sound. That has got to be... Uh, both exciting but also nerve-wracking where you're going mm-hmm. well do i want to sound like that guy or do i want to be me <laughs> or talk to me just quickly about that album and yeah. or, or or that recording session where and yeah. what's the mind frame going into that well luckily it wasn't just going straight into the studio there was stuff to be written so we convened in a rehearsal warehouse in clearwater florida that was uh that was a saving grace right there because now you're in there. You got the live band. You got the full guitar rig that you now have to sing over, uh, which is a big thing about sabotage. You know, <laughs> vocals really, of course, you have the microphone, but for real, you know, you got to have this loud sound coming out. Um, so then you start to learn right away. Oh, I got to change my style some because I'm really kind of like a smooth, didn't really have a rough side or a rougher. You know, now I have like two sounds. I got a clean and then kind of a, more rough thing that I've developed, but I had to quickly get that because without that, it wouldn't have worked. So then I was able to develop in the rehearsal room to get ready for the studio. So that was, um, a huge, um, you know, that, that was just a a really, a really big advantage. Then the thing that got me into the band was I was the only demo that they got that, that was somebody who wasn't trying to sound like John. Oh, they said that, Geez, out of a hundred, you know, demos they got, probably it's probably something like ninety were just people that felt like I better try to sound like John Oliver or I'm not going to get this gig. And you know, I I happened to have one where I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm already a fan of Sabotage at the time. I had already met those guys in Los Angeles back in '87. Then again in '88, because I went living out there in Los Angeles in Los Angeles and trying to after college and trying to get into the music business and everything. So got lucky enough just to say, Hey, and hang out with them a couple of times. Um, then when I moved to Boston, um, working with Jeff plate, um, we all basically, we, they, they picked me up at the airport and the first place we went was down at the channel. They had this old rock club called the channel in Boston, which is located around the channel. So we go and who's playing the streets tour sabotage it was almost like this weird magnet that was happening wherever i went you know and it was just a it was kind of just a a sign of the future you know it was just this i don't know it was strange we didn't really think much of it but i said hey i know these guys and i john was uh, after the show john went up 
you know, to, to the bar and everything. I said, hey, I met you guys in Los Angeles. He goes, oh, all right. Yeah, I remember you, you know. So that was about it, you know, not much. And then I we went and did this demo and it was more like just plain old, you know, hard rock 80s, you know, stuff that grunge was blowing out at the time, you know, trying to blow out that whole entire, you know, genre <laughs> in the in the late 80s and early 90s. So in 92, I just, I didn't have a choice. I had to send it, you know, I wasn't trying to be John or anything. I, we were just trying to be a band, you know, in Wicked Witch. So I just, we sent that, um, you know, I just sent that and then it caught their attention because, hey, this guy's not trying to sound like John. This is interesting. So it turns out that that was one of the major reasons that I even got called in to go to Queens and meet with Paul and play with you know him on acoustic guitar and him just kind of throwing me songs on his couch and saying, hey, sing this, sing this, sing this. Did that two times. He goes, I think this is going to work. Come on down to Tampa. And that was in the summer of 92. So um, then when I got there, I had to you know make some pretty major stylistic changes because I just wasn't the type. What I was singing when I came in was not going to cut it. So I just had to use all my you know, stuff, all my singer knowledge I'd gotten to that point and just try to make the stylistic changes, make this, you know, the things necessary to develop more than just one kind of tone. And then, you know, I was able to do that. And then we got into the studio and it wasn't so horrible once we got, you know, into Morrisound. So, I mean, which is now Nightcastle Studios because Paul, before his passing, went ahead and bought the entire facility. And that's where TSO does all the recording now. Is this is the facility where we recorded uh, most of the albums when I came on board? So it's just crazy. I mean, you know, you can go on and on, like you said, eh, you know. But um, I might, I just have to write a book or something because that's the only way I'm going to get out. But uh, yeah. But no, that's how that's how it was. So I just made a couple of adjustments. But thank goodness for the rehearsal room. It was the old-fashioned way. Get into the, the rehearsal room, bang out ideas. I remember John sitting over there fooling around. He goes, I got this thing that sounds like Friday the 13th. You know, the opening to Edge of Thorns. I remember the time he first, he said, and I went, that's cool. And then, boom, it turns into, and the next day we have an entire, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. But it worked out. And, and and I have to say, by the way, it's it's great from the fan perspective to know that they weren't going for cookie cutter because there's nothing more disappointing when they change a vocalist and they try to get a guy that's exactly like them. And it's like, no, if you're going to make a fucking change, make a fucking change. You know? Yes, that's Um, right. Go for it. Go all out. Um, And, you know, it was nerve wracking when you first come out because, gosh, you know, the Sabotage fans, they're very discerning. They're very they're 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 picky and they're very opinionated and they know what they want and that music it just defines the the fan as well you know as 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 meticulous as the music is it also defines a meticulous fan so we had a percentage luckily a small percentage that says nope we're going you know we don't want to hear about nothing about a new singer but luckily we were able to win over the vast majority and say hey it ain't about me coming in replacing john he's just you know chilling out for a little bit, taking a, you know, producer role and comes back in the band by the time we do the second album. You know what I mean? He's back in the lineup. And to me, that was the magical times having me and John singing that dichotomy of what you get. We always joked and said, 
having me and John singing and sabotage on stage at the same time, it's kind of like having the devil and the angel on your shoulders, you know? And who do you think the devil was? We joke, that's got to be John, but it was just joking. And me, the old angel over here with the smoother voice, the crooner. And it was kind of like the old, you know, the angel and devil on your shoulders trying to tell you what to do. Hey, listen, it, it worked out and fans uh, in, <laughs> in 2020 are still hoping and praying and stuff. But uh, we are at uh, 40 minutes. I will say this uh, for okay. everybody listening. The uh, Archon Angel Fallen will be released on February 14th, 2020, which is, by the way, the same day that Huey Lewis releases their new album, Weather. So it not only a day for lovers, it's a day for lovers of music. Uh, so there you go. Awesome. Yeah, you, you got to love it. Valentine's you gotta, Day. Valentine's Day. That's you got to right. get some uh, some angel uh, angels on your uh, Valentine's Day. And who doesn't like uh, Yui Lewis? Uh, and on that, uh, Monsieur Zach, uh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. We got, I think, three questions in. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. Now you know what it's like for having on. No. <laughs> no, 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 but it's great. No, but it's, it's great stories. And I, and I love the way that... that um, we develop that, especially when you talk about uh, the sound of a band and, and stuff. Because, you know, the, the press release, of course, they want to play on the brand and go, it sounds like Sabotage. So fans will go, oh, I mm -hmm. want to get it. But ultimately, they're right because the voice, it, it comes down yeah. to the voice. You hear sweet emotion, you go, fucking Steven Tyler. You don't go, oh, that's Brad Whitford. Mm -hmm. No, you go, fucking Steven Tyler. And that's, yep. it's the voice that gets you. Um, there you go. Anyway. You're right. Thank you, you sir. You can only escape so far from it. You know what I mean? As soon as I sing on it, they might say, ah, the S word, you know, yeah. sabotage. But, hey, that's fine. You know, that's all good. That's a that's a trademark sort of thing. And um, if I'm doing it right, then that should probably happen. But, uh, hey, Listen, great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And I'm going to say it absolutely is all good because there are so many artists out there that are exceptionally talented, but have stayed anonymous over the last 50, 60, 70 years because they don't have anything to be attached to. So the fact that you're attached to something is unique and special. There's, there's, yeah. there's millions of musicians that are not you that don't have that. And so it's, 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 you know, uh, like anybody in kiss, or whatever. Anyway, it's a great thing. Uh, thank you, sir. Merci. And uh, we will do it again soon. Hopefully we will see Archon yeah, Angel on time. tour and in Montreal. And hopefully, we will see TSO in Montreal. I don't think it's been here since uh, 2002 or something. I mean, it's it's been a yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. We pop up to Toronto, and then we we didn't play there since 2015. My first year, you know, out on the road with them, we played, and then it, we, you know, got we didn't circle back around till 2019. So I would love to do that. We got to go. The crowds are fantastic. Canadians, I tell you what, Canadian audience wants to rock. That's what they do, and I love that. It's like Detroit, several places in Michigan, and Canada. Serious about rock. Serious. The crowds are amazing. We got to do more. Well, hopefully they will, and I don't know why the uh, the promoter at the time brought TSO in two, three, four years in a row, and then just went meh, and it's never been back. So, hmm. Well, we do hit parts of it, so that's a plus. Yep. We well, will we'll probably be able that. to branch out. No problem. And to your point, being in TSO is great for me because it lends itself, of course, to its predecessor, Sabotage. So it's a perfect little place for 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 me. Um, 
And as long as the schedule doesn't kill me and I don't get too old, we're good. And, so and, and, think, and of course, at some point, we will find a basketball friend for Joel. That's right. That is the and I'll probably have to go ahead and suck it up and do it, even though my, yes. my uh, field goal percentage is going to look really <laughs> poor. Yeah, or or get uh, get Caleb going out there. Get somebody, because poor Joel, all those videos, one after the other. Here I am playing alone in Detroit. Here I am playing alone in Washington. It's like, <laughs> We're going to have to change. <laughs> it's like, oh, Joel, poor Joel. Oh, thank We're you, gonna, And he loves to throw the football a little bit. You know, he's a southpaw. That's the first thing I noticed. So, look, if he's going to throw that a little bit, you know, what we got to do, we got to come to the party and play some basketball with him. Good point. I didn't really realize the that, that, that you know that that it was that bad, and I appreciate you bringing me, and I will play, and I probably can do a little bit better than Caleb. Good is what I'm guessing. I don't know. Well, yeah, Caleb, you know, he he tries. Anyway. Who knows? I don't know him to be the big athlete, but we will get everybody out there. But everybody God. out there, yeah. Family video, anyway. Thank you, sir. We will do it again. <laughs> uh, we will do this again soon. Thanks, Mitch. You got it, man. Have a good and happy new year. We'll talk to you later. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.